0: Are you ready to run your short-term rental business like a super host? If so, look no further than Guesty for Hosts. Guesty for Hosts offers listing management for all three major OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. With Guesty for Hosts, you can create a branded direct booking website in minutes. I've been able to hit 61% direct bookings in my business and automate daily tasks such as communication with cleaners and communication with guests. Click the link in the show notes to get an additional $20 off your first month.
1: Welcome to Live Let
2: Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve.
0: Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live. Let Live. Thrive. What is up, Micah? Man. I'm chilling. Stevie Stacks had a long week. How you doing?
1: Uh, had a long year so far, man. It's been craziness, but that's how we do, you know?
0: Dang! Really, three weeks in, man. <laughs>
1: That's the whole year, right? <laughs> oh man, this is episode one ninety two of your favorite Airbnb VRBO home away all that share economy stuff or Uber podcast, whatever in the world. And we're coming at you live from Fort, well, live recorded, whatever, from Fort Worth and Arlington, Texas. And we have a guest today, Micah. Who we got? Kent, he is joining the podcast. Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? <laughs> His, <laughs> he's got a little bio he wrote us. His name is Kent. Uh, he works full time, a, a full time tech job in the corporate insurance company in a corporate insurance company and, and has held various jobs before being an EMT restaurant owner Manager, management consultant, and tech manager. He's a short-term rental investor looking to cash use cash flow to fund affordable housing units here in Southern California for social workers, nonprofit employees, volunteers, and first responders. His goal is to provide a better world for my for his daughter. That'd be good for my daughter. <laughs> That'd be good too. All <laughs> to, grow, to grow up, yeah, to grow up in where people can choose to do things over money and where good people can be the best versions of themselves without worrying about high rent i love that thank you thank you guys i appreciate that (laughs) so
2: you got a a cheap place for me to rent in socal hey there can be government subsidies right (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm looking for it goes man it really goes back to like you know when I used to work as an EMT I was making 12 bucks an hour and you know that's that's crazy man you're running around trying to save lives and I couldn't pay rent in the metro boston area you know it's just like it's it's not it doesn't make any sense to me in this world that good people can't choose to do good jobs because they can't pay rent so to me that was just very backwards and that's why I really chose this mission I really want my daughter to grow up in a world where People can be the best version of themselves and not have to worry about the high rent, man. It's just so important to me for my daughter to grow up in a better world and for all of our kids, man.
3: Thanks.
1: Mm. No, uh, that that would be like like you said, they're working the, the hardest job, saving lives, all this stuff, and, and you know, getting not getting paid very much. Yeah, maybe I mean and we're gonna dive into it more in the show, but maybe like uh government get some government credits, you know, for doing things, doing jobs like that. You know, that would be that'd be cool. That'd be good. For
0: real, especially EMP, man. And so, so Kent, uh, h- how did you get involved in the short-term rental space?
2: Man, I think a lot of people might have a similar story like me, where they're trying to achieve financial freedom. They're trying to get out of the nine to five job. And I read a couple of books last year during COVID that might be the silver lining in all of it is I was home. I read up more than I would have normally did. And I learned about real estate rental properties. And I started out looking at turnkey investments, to be honest Mm. with you guys first, because I was scared of managing rehabs, I was scared of managing contractors. So I said, what's my next best move? And listened to a couple of podcasts and finally realized that short-term rental is where I need to go. If I'm trying to leave my uh, full-time job, I need to replace that cash flow as soon as possible. And short-term rentals were the only way that I was going to be able to do that. And I think figuring out my why is just so important. So in order to fund an affordable housing project, you need another high cash flow. And then that really plays well to diversify out with each other. So mm-hmm. I said, hey, let's jump on in. Short-term rentals is it. And um, I don't know how much more details you guys want me to go in in terms of like the, the research process. Oh, good. Research. Yes. Yeah, research. go into the
0: research and then like go into how you, yeah, how did you get your first one?
2: All right, all right. So my research started with Air DNA. So they had this big report three years ago where they said best places to invest. Right in that list, I picked out a couple of markets um, based on rental demand. And I prioritized rental demand because I know there's a lot of hustlers out there. And if you're willing to dominate the market and you're willing to take more action than anybody else, then you can succeed in the market when there is enough rental demand. So that's how I picked Scottsdale, went to mm-hmm. AirDNA, purchased a report, and basically just looked at the top 10. And I stumbled upon one of the top 10 Airbnbs, and it was Bachelorette themed. And then I found a realtor who also owned the Airbnb, who also was a realtor. And I said, hey, I want to do what you're doing. And thankfully, she referred me to basically her designer. Uh, She helped me look for property. She guided me along the path of how to pick an Airbnb. What am I looking for? What will help me succeed in that market? So right then and there, I was probably looking at three markets at that point. But that gave me the most confidence to pick Scottsdale as my market because the team was there. And if there was anything I learned more from corporate America and all my prior jobs, the people you work with are the most important. So that is the where I got the most confidence to start my uh, short-term rental investment career. And that's how I picked Scottsdale. I knew what theme worked. I knew I had the right team. And I had to be decisive. And off I went.
0: Wow. You said you read some books. What books did you read to get into real estate?
2: Oh man, they were like rental property investing and you know, like those Brandon Turner books by Bigger BiggerPockets. Mm-hmm. Um, read a bunch of like like books on how to like do financial analysis. So I read a book on how to do financial analysis. I created a spreadsheet based on that book. And then that's how I applied it to use that towards um, analyzing my short-term rental properties. So it's just pick a book up, learn it, apply it. And I must say, I would advise all people to just Learn as you go. Don't try to read all the books in the world. Like, pick a book. It's like, I think what they call it is just in time learning. Read it, apply it so that you don't try to like over flood your brain with like too many thoughts, man.
0: That is a fact. That is a fact. I love that. So, and then what podcast were you listening to to get into like the short term rentals and real
3: estate?
2: Uh, I think it was one of the first podcasts that I heard from. I listened to bigger pockets, tons of those. I listened to all of them about turnkey investing decided that wasn't my path. And then I heard a podcast, I think it was by Tony Robinson, who leads a real estate rookie podcast now mm-hmm. um, on bigger pockets. And he was just talking about how he listened to this podcast, another episode by Avery Carl, and he applied it. And this was like 2019, 2020, when he got started in Josh Street. I was like, all right, finally something that seems achievable for like a regular guy like me, you know, I'm not competing with the guys that own thousand units. I'm competing with a guy that just started two years ago. And I was like, all right, there's a way to do this. There's a way to do it, handle all this madness. And that's how I learned it. I figured out, I want to do short-term rentals and I want to diversify with section eight housing so that I can have a really balanced portfolio. And by getting a couple of short-term rentals and then getting a couple of affordable housing units next, that will actually probably propel me to be more brave more bold and take more action to buy more deals because you get high cash flow with higher risk higher time commitment but then you can balance that out with some short-term uh long-term rentals in section eight housing
1: mm, diversity diversify yeah I like that um going backwards real quick to air dna do you does air dna work and is it worth the price
2: i don't think it's worth the price anymore um and here's mm-hmm. why i think that If I were to do this all over again, and this is the advice I'm giving to everybody now is, and I'm a big fan of action. So for our listeners out there today, I would advise you, go look at your MLS today, find a three bedroom, four bedroom property, kick the address down, go to Price Labs, sign up for the market dashboard, plug in the address, and then just filter down on top revenue. And just then, and right now, like today, you will learn and take a step towards getting and becoming an expert in short-term rentals. Because right then and there, you figure out, hey, is this market suitable for short-term rentals? What makes this property successful in that market? Is it amenities? Is it a theme? And that is such a more concrete analysis than like some of the more general numbers I saw from AirDNA. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of Price Labs now, so nothing against AirDNA. Like I think they probably got more sophisticated. I just personally prefer. Price Labs now going forward, and especially
1: with the Market Dashboard feature. And and it's, and it's free to do that on Price Labs?
2: It's like $10 a month. So for me, if you are using, if you're investing $100,000, pay the $10 right now. <laughs> and yeah. so much data. And Price Labs, a lot of people use Price Labs. So you know they're not making up this number off the top of the head. Um, when I first compared one, one property in Temecula, California on AirDNA, and I actually made a bid on that property to to purchase that property. I compared the numbers that was released from the seller and compared that to AirDNA and it was really off. So I was like, all right, that gave me some skepticism about the data that I'm seeing. So I don't want to over trust like that data that I'm seeing in your DNA. I think you just, you have to do the due diligence and uh-huh. you can't rely on just whatever you see on your DNA. I'm happy
0: you brought up that Price Labs plug because I just found out about it about a month ago because I've been using Price Labs for a long time. So that market dashboard thing was like eye open. I'm like, dang, you can like see like the real live data. Because if you compare it to AirDNA, you're like, wow, this is a little bit more accurate. Now, when you said AirDNA was off, was it off as in it was too low or too high?
2: It was too high on AirDNA for that Mm. that one property that I was Mm. trying to buy in Temecula. Um, it was like bachelorette themed again, but mm. the numbers that a cell disclosed to me was just so off compared to what I saw in Air DNA. Like I looked up that property and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Red flags kind of jumped up to me. I was like, then you had, you know, you gotta get wildfire insurance in California because everyone, everything burns and oh, wow. you know, it adds like 5000 dollars to your home in your home insurance premium really quick. Oh. Oh, oh. You gotta watch your cash flow and it's just. It's different challenges to different markets, right, guys?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what year did you did you decide on on Scottsdale?
2: Uh twenty twenty one. So I made an offer in a property in Temecula, California, in June of twenty twenty one. I as soon as I got that quote back from the fire insurance, man, I was so attached to the deal, but I pulled it because it didn't meet <laughs> my criteria anymore. You know? Wow. And that's why you have to be really good with your numbers. Like, wow, I just got this information. Hey, let me pull out a deal now because it's no longer makes sense for my deal. Um, so,
1: take some guts.
2: You got to use, got to deal, and you got to remember to keep it, keep your emotions out of it, and stick to the numbers. Don't try to make it up.
1: Man, numbers over emotions, huh? Yes, sir. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> I've been in that situation. I know what you mean, man. So, you you live in uh, Southern California, and your listings in Arizona. H- how have you handled remote management?
2: Oh man, it's been it's been a while. My listing has only been up for about three months, guys, to be honest with you guys. Um, and I've had a cleaner quit on me. I've had things break in the house, I've had hot water problems, Mm. but I knew this was going to happen. So what I would advise everyone to do is find a cleaner, find a backup cleaner, then find a backup backup cleaner. Same thing for my handyman. I've got a handyman, I got a backup handyman, and I got a backup backup handyman so that whenever anything happens i'm calling them right away because chances are someone might be at dinner and they might not be able to get over there in time so you really need to have all your contingencies in place so that you can handle whatever problem comes up at your property um and honestly like hot water problems man like i think customers just expect you to take care of it right away and i I think if they know that you are being sincere they really appreciate it Like as soon as I got a hot water problem, I said, I will work on getting a plumber out to you right away. Please be patient with me. Um, Let me buy you lunch. I will pay for your lunch. Here's a quick refund for you guys. And they're like, oh my God, that's so nice. And I think my advice is like you, when you are first starting out, you need to preserve that five-star rating Mm because that has snowball effects on all of your your kind of upcoming income. Because like you have like a three-star review to start out with, chances are people aren't looking at your listing that fast anymore and you know just be smart be really smart about what you complain about and what you nickel and dime your guests about you're starting out
1: so don't so don't just tell them to to get like a giant pot and fill it up with water and put it on the stove (laughs) 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 old school man (laughs) yeah man
0: so hold on oh yeah that's one cool thing about your unit did you say it was bachelorette themed
2: it is, it is Bachelorette theme. Nice.
0: Now, how does that work for you? How, like, um, are you, is your cleaning more expensive or like, how does that level out with you being, it would have been like a themed unit?
2: Yeah, and are you guys okay if I share numbers about the cleaning? You're oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, so it's like about $300 for a clean um, they, and they're raising rates now. So for so this one house is $300, but I really like the company that I work with because they do a clean, they have someone come in and QA to clean. And then the day of check in, someone also goes back and takes pictures of everything just so you don't get people trying to scam you saying, ah, oh, love I that. What a dirty house. And that for me was worth the premium because I know it's labor to send someone out there one more time, but I need the assurance that things are looking good. I need to make sure that like, there aren't falling leaves in the back because when you, are, when you have a property that's averaging $1,000 a night on a weekend, people expect perfection. And they don't want to walk in with a Ugh, this part like they don't want that. That's, I think mm-hmm. that has really helped me set the mind to like just take care of the customers, make sure they get the best experience possible. Don't try to nickel and dime them and just spend the money because you will see that pay so much more dividends in the end.
1: This was the biggest. I mean, it's one. Uh, you're dropping a lot of gyms, Man. as they say, but this was a really big one. And you gave me. Uh, me uh, a great idea for my company and I'm going to tell it to my partner right now but the quality control part because like you said you get someone to they got someone to QC it like right after the cleaning and then the next day I've never even thought of sending someone out before they get there man that is I mean because you get people in there say look it's all dirty and we just no, we were just there like 10 minutes ago man it's clean (laughs) and we got the pictures to prove it and I'm going to Bring that up with our cleaner, because here's the problem with cleaners. Mm-hmm. Most all the cleaners that I'm coming across, the the head cleaner's freaking rock star, badass cleaner, right? And they'll do the first couple cleanings. And you're like, oh man, I'm set. I don't have to worry. But I'm gonna don't throw away all the other phone numbers. And then they 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 they, they send on the third or fourth cleaning, they send their crew. They send whoever's in the group that can make it out to clean your place, and they're the ones that jack it up. And so. I'm I know that they have to do that in order to scale because I mean they're in high demand right now, right? Mm-hmm. But if I pay them another, I don't know, 15-20 bucks to go out the next day. The head cleaner, I want to get get it from her phone. From her phone, the head mm-hmm. cleaner go out there and take pics and check everything before the guest checks in. You know, it'll take her a few minutes, but she'll get paid for it. That's a f- freaking phenomenal idea man thank you for that thank you for that i'm I'm, I'm out you are
2: going to kill it
1: man you're (laughs) going to kill it with any cleaning company because that is literally the
2: problem that most hosts fear and you're taking that that fear out of their equation now and just by that you're solving problems and you are helping them avoid a hundred dollar two hundred dollar potential credit that they have give a customer just to argue like oh i'm sorry that wasn't dirty when they had no evidence Uh, and i think it's just so important man especially with a new airbnb policy out there for damage coverage like you really need to have really strong evidence that it was clean and not damaged before and,
1: you get. And, and i'm going to put that in the in the check-in thing oh by the way we sent, you know, thank, welcome to our place. We hope you enjoy it. And by the way, we sent our cleaner out again to make sure everything's perfect for you guys when you arrive. And that'll be part of the, yeah. Ah, fuck, this is sweet. <laughs> that,
0: was, that was a deep gem right there. Because I've been talking to my cleaner about, like, QA checks and all that. I never thought, hey, send them out there the day someone checks in. That That is, mm. that was next level. I love that. Now, hey, I love it. Now, I have a question for you. Since it sounds like you're buying all of yours, right? You're buying all your short terminals. I am. I and am. then, how are you buying? Are you doing traditional, 20% down? And yeah, how are you buying them?
2: Uh, I am doing traditional, conventional financing. I'm using the second home loan. So, with my first deal, I had a partner that I grew up with. I knew him since eighth grade, one of my best friends. And, you know, shout out to Wilson because I'm so blessed that he, he agreed to say yes to sign on Dotted Line with me. And, you know, that for you guys, for all the listeners out there, just be a good person throughout your entire life. And eventually, that will also pay dividends. And um, be a good person, be consistent with who you are. And that allowed me to find a partner that's going to sign up on, on a loan, sign on the dotted line with me, get the loan, get the credit. And when I first signed and bought this deal, I paid 15% down with no PMI, which was amazing. But that is no longer available now as of the first week of January this year because they just raised all the fees. I think it was like a federal housing authority or something like that, that added the fees. So we were just trying to close another deal and we were trying to do it 15% down and they were trying to charge us three points for, mm. for the loan. That's like 20 grand. So we're just like, whoa, guys, we're just going to pay an extra 5% down and just get 20% down on 3625 uh, interest rate. So we're working on a deal right now. Hopefully we'll close it within a couple of weeks um, and we'll set it up and get it up and running again.
3: Man.
0: So are you now, are you planning on to keep scaling up by putting the 20% down or are you going to try to have to eventually tap out and get creative with it?
2: I am going to have to get creative with it. I think you and I probably talk offline. I think I need to figure out how to find financial partners for my next couple of Airbnbs because um, you know, everyone runs out of capital at some point. And I think, mm-hmm. I am trying to get out there and show people what I'm doing. And I would say, I've gotten advice from a lot of different people uh, where some might say, don't take money from other people because you won't get the peace of mind. Um, I completely agree with that. And then I also have friends that are looking to me sort of as a leader, even though like I only have one Airbnb guys, right? I'm not the expert at this, uh, but I have the confidence that I'm gonna do whatever I can to fix whatever problems I can so that they don't lose money. So. I think everyone has a different perspective on this. For me, I would never partner with a stranger, but for me, partnering with someone that has known me since eighth grade. And if we can draw out an legal agreement about how I will make certain decisions on every single type of problem that might come up so that we can be philosophically aligned. I think that it lays a good foundation for a partnership. And that's what I've been with a second deal. I'm also partnering with someone that I also knew since eighth grade and man, I later laid out, hey, when this happens, I'm going to do whatever I can to make it right for the customer. Are you okay with that? This means that I will give refunds. I have to be responsive, but I'm going to take care of it for the sole purpose of preserving that five-star ratio. And this might mean a small bottom line for you. Are you okay with that? So I think just getting to that level of detail is so important if you're taking money from people. Don't just say, I like you, we're good, and we're going to go for it. So... I know we went a little tangent there, but man, I'm just trying to get some good advice out there for people that are trying to pick their own paths.
1: Man, another beautiful gym. Another one. And that's that, man, it just reminds me because something just came up tonight. And it goes going back to the cleaning, right? And um it's it's our unit in Houston. like they sent the, the you know the the B team in to clean it, I guess, like I was talking about. <laughs> and 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 you know. It didn't do the best job, so we're we're handling the issue. Um, My partner Federico reached out to the our partners. We partnered on that with with uh, two people down there, mm-hmm. and so he reached out to them in our little WhatsApp chat group and saying, "Hey, this happened. What what should we do?" I, I was thinking of this and that 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 and then now it started this like stream of a thousand messages. I was like, "Dude, we're we're kind of managing. You know, we're the management company, right?" I mean, Federico. And I was like. Maybe we shouldn't bring them into the mix and every single issue that comes up, because then we'll start this whole, you know, a thousand different questions, a thousand different opinions, a thousand whatever. And then when you said that about, OK, when situations happen, like a missed cleaning or something, let's agree how we're going to figure this out. And then we don't have to message them. We'll just handle it, man. That's
2: fucking cool. <laughs> and that's such a big
1: peace of mind for you, isn't it?
2: Um, like, I agree with them. Nothing under $1,500, I'm not going to ask you guys for permission. Anything Mm. over $1,500, I will ask for permission. And you just got to set those thresholds and just know that you have the ability to manage. And obviously, it stems from them having trust in you. And they can only trust you if you tell them what mistakes you have made and how you're going to handle certain issues when they come up. And that's the best way to kind of lay it all out so that there's no sort of like, nebulous oh what's going on over there just know that he's handling it and that becomes now a passive income for my friends and they get to continue building wealth for themselves for the kids and i don't know that actually motivates me more um it might scare certain folks for taking money from other people but it motivates me way more to make sure like they don't lose money and I can help them build financial freedom and help them get out of corporate America because I know everyone wants to get out of that grind. So, you know, it's, it's a different set of motivation, <laughs> for different people.
1: Micah, this guy has hundred units and has been doing it for 10 years, right? They, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I, I love, see, I love that
0: he won at the very beginning. You started with your why this is my why. And it's easy to build up if you have your why. That's why it sounds like, man, he's been doing it a long time, man. He started with the end in mind. I love that.
2: Mm. Right, you gotta have clarity in what you want.
0: Thanks. Now, on your uh, now, since yours is a themed unit, um, do have you tried like putting it on PeerSpace or anything like that?
2: I have not, honestly. Um, I put on VRBO and I've gotten zero bookings from there. So, Mm. to me, that spells out that my clientele for the bachelorette theme in Scottsdale only one book through Airbnb. And I think that's okay. I can listen to my customer. And mm-hmm. if I am just on Airbnb, then maybe I need to think about how to advertise better. Maybe I apply for the Airbnb plus program or something like that. Right. What else can I do to help my listing stand apart? Um, and another thing I'll start doing is probably just starting a blog online, talk about what do badge reds do in Scottsdale so that I can generate some sort of SEO and get mm-hmm. track, more traffic towards my listing too. So again i'm telling you if the demand is there i would do whatever is necessary to get the demand to my listing And i think Mm. that is like the key driver success for all your listeners just think about what else you can do to get get it moving and get it popping
1: yeah send mail strippers or whatever you (laughs) got (laughs) to do yeah i fixed the plumbing you know what i'm saying anyways um (laughs) You know, that, it's cool, too, because like so many people are like, no freaking bachelor parties, no freaking bachelorette parties. We don't want any of that crap on our places. You do it the exact opposite of what most, most every host, including myself, do. You know, and you you've keyed in on something like a, a a need out there in the market that all these people are like they can't rent places at airbnbs because people don't want them to party you know but you're actually providing a place for bachelor bachelor and bachelorette parties to happen that's freaking cool
2: and i know that because i've talked to people in my own group that says i try to book an airbnb and when i told them i'm coming for a bachelorette party they actually get declined and i think for that same exact fare and i would say my advice is if you are pursuing the bachelorette theme You have to have a very high level of betting your guests, meaning this is the cool part about bachelorettes. Most, I don't want to generalize here, but most groups do a really good job of planning their bachelorette parties because you got like Mm. eight, 10, 12 girls, right? 14 girls. You got to figure out what you want to do when you're on there. So here are the questions that I learned uh, from my realtor. I always ask like, hey, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Tell me a little bit more about your group. What do you have planned while you're in Scottsdale and what events will be happening at the house? If they're saying I'm going to have a pool party at the house, it's probably not a good fit, right? Mm. If if they say, Hey, I've got all this plan on Thursday, I'm going to go hiking on Friday. I'm going to go to this pool party at this day club, not at the house. And Saturday I want to go for a nice dinner outside. Those are the guests that you want to invite into your house. So in order for you to have that choice, you need to have a really good product And man, we spent so much money on this house renovating and making sure like, when in doubt, we got the nicer couch instead of the cheaper couch. When in doubt, get the colorful pop instead of just like the mundane gray couch that just looks really nice. And by having the nice product, that gave us much more attractiveness to the clientele that we're looking for. So we can have a larger pool of good bachelorette clients to actually pick from and actually invite into our home. And so far, uh, I haven't had anybody trash. My house, knock on wood. I've had the neighbors call the police on my guests before, so that is a lesson learned that I then quickly applied and asked, "Hey guys, all my incoming guests, please know that there is new regulation in Scottsdale. Our neighbors have a lot of power; they can call the police reporting a nuisance party." And I asked them to, "Hey, can you please not play music outdoors and move it all indoors?" I. Did this as trial, I got about 30% cancellations and then it all rebooked. So oh, I was like, nice. whoa, I can, I can have a higher standard for my guests and I'll, I can still be booked. Man, it was just such a relief, man. Cause like, look, you're not gonna learn everything as you go unless you do it. Mm-hmm. And this was just a good case of like how you prove out that you can attract a certain type of clientele that nobody else wants, but you can still make it work. So having a good product in place is so important, vetting your guests is so important. And then trying to make sure you put in policies in place that help you find those non-potters. And I think if people are canceling because like it's a deal breaker because they can't music outside, chances are don't let them in. Even though you might be foregoing money, that gives you so much more peace of mind on the weekends to know like, hey, whatever they're doing, isn't going to cause my neighbor to call the cops and then cops are going to call me because that is crazy stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we all got into this for peace of mind, financial right. freedom. Don't lower your standards for money. Keep your standards high so that you can attract a more higher clientele that's responsible. It's gonna take care of your home.
1: Mm-hmm. Go high end and have high standards. I love it, man. And then, you know, always invest in a more sturdy stripper pole because big girl, she's going to want to get on that thing.
2: <laughs> Dude, when the cop came it always happens at, i've seen the tiktok the cop was a, was a <laughs> <laughs> reno
1: 911 so oh my him.
2: god I was just like, <laughs> i'm was i hoping it was good karma from back in the days when i was at emt and you know good karma paying forward so <laughs> i didn't get in trouble the cop didn't report me they didn't cite me and man i was very blessed very blessed very lucky but I knew right away I need to take action. And I messaged all my guests that were coming in and say, hey, no music outdoors. Are you okay with that? It's okay if it's a deal breaker. That's fine. <laughs> but it might not. It's just not worth the stress for me. So you have so, a lot of power in how you manage it.
1: So is it, is it just bachelorette parties? You don't do bachelor parties?
2: No bachelor parties. Okay.
1: Because no. okay. mm. guys are guys, guys wild out, right?
2: <laughs> guys might get they, you know, wild like, out. Right. Then in there, when I bought the house, I said that diving board got to go because some people's going to do some dumb things when they're drunk.
3: That. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, Back to big uh, girl. Yeah, she's going to do something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you you only do Bachelorette. I've never thought about that. Like, so you don't do the bachelor side. Do you think there's like, have you, have, now, have you had people inquire to do bachelor parties there?
2: I've had some g- guys inquiry but it was because like there's like a big golf tournament in um in scottsdale in february where like you can rent for two thousand dollars a night easily oh, um, the house. it's like the biggest golf tournament of the year it's like the waste management open or something like that um really? but yeah two thousand dollars a night easy and they don't blink um what, don't- what's, now you have a question because you said
0: you went to air dna before you made your decision like what's the average nightly stay out in scottsdale
2: um I don't know. It was pretty low. I want to say when I did my when I did my underwriting was about six hundred dollars uh for average daily night rate. Um and I've just blown past that. I'm a I'm like a thousand eleven hundred dollars a night, but my occupancy is about 50%. So some people might say I'd rather be more full. I'd rather be more empty and make a higher Mm -hmm. rate. Hell yeah. And guess what? Everyone is going to ask for an early check-in. So my advice to people is like, what do we do on real estate? We want to look for a deal. So give your guests a deal. Hey, they're asking for early check-in. Hey, normally we, we've got pretty booked out. Uh, would you be interested in blocking the night off before for $300? Cause it would have been empty night for me anyways. So I said, Hey, would you be interested in blocking the night off before for Wednesday night so that you can either check in early on Thursday whatever time you want. Or you can actually fly in on Wednesday, get a full night in, and it's actually cheaper for everyone to fly on Wednesdays in general. So mm-hmm. now you just gave them a deal. They feel like they won, and they also saved a lot of money for the crew because they're flying in a day earlier and they're flying, all their flights are cheaper. So you were able to get from a three-day booking to a consistent four night booking for all these bachelorette parties just by offering them what they would have asked for, anyways, which is an early check-in
0: wow so, that, that's really good money because if you're charging 1200 a night an extra 300 bucks for the, to block a calendar man that that man that is g man you're dropping some good gems, man i love it. <laughs> <laughs> hey
2: I, I i'm really here i'm really trying to help people and i guess like my ask from all your listeners just if you're taking these hints um please just promise to do good with your money man that's all i ask for just promise to do like good it Get rain money you know make, make money so my daughter and all of our kids can grow up in a better world that's all i asked for uh, man. And yeah that's way more important than any sort of amount of money that we can ever make in this world
1: don't make it rain <laughs> <laughs> unless you're at a charity event there you go you
0: know, you said that uh <laughs> you said you 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 went a little high end on your furniture like on something like a themed unit and you're charging 11 1200 a night and you're at 50 percent occupancy. that's great in my opinion now What's your startup cost on something like
2: that? Uh, Let's see. So I can give you guys some numbers. We put about, I want to say we budgeted. So first deal went way over budget, right, guys? Uh, I would say we were planning to spend about 180 all in down payment, furnishing, et cetera. But I think we quickly realized there were some issues with the pool, you know, things that you just don't know unless you kind of get into it. Like you think... A one inch wide gas pipe is good enough for a pool heater, but it actually needed to be one and a half inch. So boom, there goes a couple of thousand dollars, right? And we were probably all in for about $250,000 uh, after furnishing, after renovating the entire backyard. Um, we thought about, I'll be honest with you guys, at some point in time, we're like, you know what, should we do the pool deck for $3,000? Like, let's not. But it looked old. It looked tired. It, we could have gotten by it, but it wouldn't have been the experience we wanted. We wanted people to come in expecting perfection and we want to deliver on it. So, huge cash burn in this business. But if you want to succeed and it still makes your numbers make sense, you should go for it. So, how I structure women partners, like I take a 10% management fee for handling all the problems off the top line. And then we we'll split the cash flow uh, from the remaining cash flow profits. And we're still making 20% for the partnership. So, Man. 20% cash from cash is still a very good return. And for me, that's almost like a 30% you think about it, because I get 10% off to the off the, uh, the top line. So
1: it, so did it you, was all worth it. That's awesome, man. Did you have a designer to design the themed um, bachelorette yeah. house? Or how, how did you do it?
2: Yeah, I found her through my realtor. And I think I was talking to three designers at that point in time. And I think everyone just needs to be honest with themselves that most people aren't good interior designers. And you need to trust the designers who have a success. So I picked a designer that had lots of success in the bachelorette theme with another house in Scottsdale that I found. So that's how I decided to pick her. Uh, she's Lindsey Peterson Collections. You guys can find her uh, online. I told her I would give her a shout out too, but she has done really amazing work. She's wonderful to work with. And my advice to everyone is just like, everyone works by hourly rate. So just do a good job and be a good human being and just like help, help them along the process get them whatever they need. They need photos from all four corners of the room. They need measurements, get that in advance be prepared so that everyone knows like what you want. And she's very accommodating. Um, she can, you had to like, just go on Pinterest, go on Instagram, send her like a dump of like everything in your brain, like what you want and it'd be as detailed as you want. And she would materialize it into something. Um, and for you guys, like my whole theme around is like, Hey, I want my house to be, bachelorette theme but i also wanted to be classy enough that people can get ready in before weddings and i have i've actually had people inquire like hey can i get ready your house before a wedding but they only want to book like a one night stay so I- mm-hmm. it wasn't like a r- right fit but it worked like someone actually inquired about getting ready at a wedding and, and, and it works so yeah trust leave it leave the design to the experts don't try to just like cheap on design because i think having everything come together and having people comment in, re- in their reviews about how well everything is coming together. Um, you know, I think that's so much more worth it at the end of the day. That's I, really I, bet, the investment.
1: I bet you have the full length mirrors in every room, right?
2: <laughs> I got the makeup mirrors in like one big room and girls love
1: what that. <laughs> The makeup mirror with the yeah, lights you know, and all like, that shit. They
2: got like the, um, the vanity mirrors and stuff like that. And you know, people going to drop them, they're going to break them. I quickly realized I need to just have like two backups in, in the garage just so that when they break, they drop, just replace them right away when the cleaner comes in. So oh, nice. you just got to learn all these things as they go. People and you want- have
1: um, uh, wipes to wipe off the makeup too?
2: Yeah, I got the makeup, makeup towels uh, for the guests as well. So you got to think about their needs when they're at the house. Because um, if they don't have the makeup towels, they're putting on your regular towels. <laughs> so, not a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> exactly,
0: man. This is good stuff, man. I like how you did the themed unit. You you said you went on. Well, you spent two fifty, but I mean, you're making what average eighteen thousand because you're at fifty percent occupancy, eleven to twelve hundred. That ain't bad at all. Now,
2: Actually, to really gross about one sixty one seventy this year conservatively. I think wow,
0: um, uh, one unit. Love, love, that, man. love that. So <laughs> now, yeah. now I don't know, well, our backstory is me, me and Kent, we're basically, we're in the same mentorship program, uh, which is springboard. So, uh, I know you're, you're, uh, you're, you're big on the, I'm not big on it, but we're both follow the Burr strategy. Are you planning on using that to like scale up your short-term rental side?
2: Um, I am considering it. Um, I think my strategy is going to be a little bit different for the summer. So mm-hmm. here's my guidance, right? Burr is like, the holy grail of like real estate investing methods. But I really had to think about like my market. And if I were to say, I'm going to try to do a burr and spend a whole year renovating it. Like I just said, I could be losing 160 grand in revenue. Mm. So you got to think about it from that perspective. Like, do I want to, if I put 120 down and I'm trying to burr it and spend a whole year and lose 160,000, like don't I get back all my money just from running it for a whole year instead of trying to burr it? Um mm. but for me that was like a decision that I had to make like no, I'm not gonna try to burr this because it's my first deal. I'm gonna learn how to do cosmetic fixes only. I coordinate my own flooring, coordinate my own painter. I didn't have to do any of this, but I to my own painter, um, my landscape contractor, do all the backyard renovations, coordinate a pool guy, coordinate the thing. And from there, I can actually get referrals on contractors that they can actually do burrs. So if you guys don't know where to start, I would recommend do something easy to start. And don't try to like I need to solve the world in one go. Just just take it easy and just like get some work done. Find out who's a dependable, uh, find out who's a dependable painter. And chances are, the dependable painter will be used by a dependable contractor. And I think that's how you can ex- slowly expand. So I think for my summer deals, because it's slower season in Scottsdale, that's when I might actually decide to um do a burr or look for like a fixer upper uh if the right property kind of comes along it's just the the market is so crazy in phoenix and scottsdale just because you have so many wholesalers already um it's just very very competitive so my goal is like if i were to do it i will only do it if i'm starting a property in the summer if i was starting a property in october again i would not do it because i want to be up and running before busy season because you know february march april i'm Grossing 20, 30, 20, 20 grand conservatively a month in rent just for one month. And you don't want to miss out on that um, because you're trying to burn.
0: Man, I love you. You are very, very calculated. I love it. You see what season to do it in, what season not to do it in. And what your 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 thought process, I think, is where the short term rentals market in general as a whole is going. You got to know what market to do this to burn in. What market to arbitrage in? What market to, you know, you can put 20% down, get your money right back in. And that, that's very good calculations
1: right there that you just did.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: For sure. can Kent, you thought of doing like arbitrages and stuff like that?
2: To be honest, um, I haven't. And I think it's something that I wanted to explore, but I also don't, I don't know. COVID scared me a little bit and this might be a limiting mindset, but I don't want to, If here's my thought. If the landlord saw me making 160 grand in rent, chances are that land's going to raise my rent next year. Like there's, there's no way that he's not. And I just put in all that money to make the backyard nicer and, you know, buy all this furniture. It's just, Mm. it's so painful to do rental arbitrage if I have to move all this furniture out and spend all that money on like my murals on a wall that like I paid a painter to paint on. Like I can't take that with me. So there's a lot of sunk costs in there that. I don't think it's worth it. If I were able to get like a three to five year lease, maybe that'd be a different situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the only way I would do a rental arbitrage. I think the money is definitely there, um, but I'm definitely exploring like the co-hosting um, area mm-hmm. and maybe I can expand there to develop a little bit more cash flow uh, to kind of fund a few more purchases. Going I, I,
1: I like that answer. You know, and we had a guest a couple of shows ago, Mrs. Castleberry, mm-hmm. and she uh, and she mentioned that she's getting out of arbitrage because she's like. Man, I'm paying seventeen thousand a month in rent. You know that could be equity, and I was like, that's that's a that's a cool way to look at it, man. Because yeah, and you're putting all that work and effort, and all of a sudden, you know, when the lease ends, now what? You have to get out of there and <laughs> paint over the murals and all that shit. But yeah, that, that's what. The, but if you're putting all that into your own property and and then building equity at the same time, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to make it work. And I think if you were going for different clientele, it certainly can work. I think if you're going for travel nurses or something like that, and you don't need such extravagant design, I think that works really well. I'm not saying rental arbitrage method is bad. It doesn't work for my clients, but it can certainly work for other clients and other clientele and your target guests and stuff like that.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's very true. Cause like I'm in the, I'm in the Houston market, one of the markets that I'm in and it's almost Now that I'm looking at the market from a different perspective, it's way easier. It's way better. It's more profitable to buy in that market. Where in Dallas, it's more you can be just as profitable doing an arbitrage, you know? So it's you have to look at the numbers in each market. That is, and then our listeners, I want y'all to understand that. And me and Steve are actually gonna break that down here on one of our episodes. So definitely keep that in mind.
1: So do you do you use it all turnover, B and B? I'm sorry, what was that question? Did do you I use, use uh, Turnover BNB? You ever tried uh, that? I do not.
2: And I use the software that is preferred by my cleaners. So I let my cleaners dictate whatever software they want because I want their lives to be as easy as possible because it's very hard to find a good cleaner. So for me, if I'm bending any rules or whatever, like it doesn't, I, I don't care. Whatever works for you, Mr. Cleaner, I, I want you to use a system that you're aware of Here's what I need. I just need photos of the after the clean. I need photos during the QA, and that's as long as you make that work for me, I can make it work for all of us. And I look at every single clean. I look at every single picture to make sure things are kind of placed in the right way. I don't kill them if they're like, hey, this pillow is off on the right side instead of the left side. Like I'm not gonna worry about that stuff. Um, but if there's like, I don't know, lipstick on the glasses or something like that, I'm like, hey guys, mm. like. That that's detrimental for my business, Mm -hmm. and that's another thing for bachelor themes. Everyone wears lipsticks, so those clear glass bottles or like plastic bottles, I mean cups, they don't work. Lipstick gets on that all the time. It's so hard to keep clean. So I switched them all out. I put in new Yeti cups that stainless steel, twenty five dollars a cup. But now I know that dishwasher will clean them through. And that's another tip for everyone. Like whatever you put in your house, make sure you can clean it.
1: (laughs) What did you call it? Yeti cup. Yeti, the Yeti. Yeah, yeah, the you
2: wine tumblers? You know what I'm talking
0: about? Oh, I need um, i rum right now and down.
1: Hey, you know, wine tumblers? Wow. It's it's
2: classy. You got to... I think that's going to be one of the things where people open up things like, ooh, getting wine <laughs> tumblers, right? Like, you <laughs> want people to have that feeling when they go in the house because they expect premium. They, they're paying $1,000 a night. They expect perfection. They expect yeah. premium. You have to be able to match that. It's just like, you know, Apple has iPhones and, you know, Samsung has like these... Fancy phones, and no one can compete anymore because they're so far ahead. Like I need my house to be that far ahead to stand apart. I, I'm Those trying to 100 cool. 10% of the market, not racing to the bottom on rates.
0: Man, now so, <laughs> since you said you don't use Turnover BNB, which is what most a lot of people use to find the cleaners, how did you find a cleaning company that was good with doing a turnover and not just like a regular clean?
2: All right, so action stuff for everyone listening: go on your Facebook group right now go find Arizona short-term rental example, post it, mm. hey, I'm a cleaner and boom, you will get about 20 people right then and there, get 20 people. And then you just gotta vet them. You gotta vet them. The first guy I hired, he said he loves cleaning. I was like, you're my guy. You love cleaning. No. <laughs> Nobody Who loves says cleaning. that? I, Nobody like, I don't love cleaning. Um, <laughs> so, and, you know, unfortunately he lost a couple of staff because all the COVID turnover and stuff like that. So he had to draw me as a client, but I'm glad I got a backup client. And you just keep looking for referrals and that's how you find a handyman for your team. So it's not as hard as people make it sound like to me, but you do need to vet them. So for me being out of state, when I flew there, I compressed my days. I got quotes from two landscapers, two pool guys, uh, three muralists, and I talked to all of them. Mm. Uh, and I told them what my mission is because I think someone... That is aligned with you philosophically will work better with you at the end of the day. It's not above like the best rate. Like I could have hired a handyman for cheaper. Um, but that's not the point. The point is to share the wealth with everybody else. You don't have to make all the money in the world, you can share the money with other people. And that's how I found a cleaner. Like I told the cleaner, hey, I'm not gonna nickel and dime you. This is like really expensive. Like when I first started, I was charging 250 for cleaning fee. You're charging me 320. Like, I'm losing money on you, but I'm not going to nickel and dime you as long as you do it right. And we agree that, Hey, if I get two four-star reviews or more, I'm going to cut you for cleaning because I got to maintain standards mm-hmm. and I got to be able to communicate with my partner about how do I hold them accountable? And I give them $20 bonus to the cleaners every single time I get a five-star review. So now the cleaners know about me because I'm a generous person. $20 isn't a big thing, but I want to reward them for like doing such a good job on the house. So now they're incentivized like, oh, that's the house. that gives me a $20 tip whenever I do a good job and it gets a five-star review. And I try to make sure it goes to the cleaners, not the company too. Um, so yeah, just don't make nickel and dime your cleaners because they're the most important part of your team. And when you have a cleaner, like that would give you so much more confidence to scale into the market, right? Guys, like the second one does not feel hard to me right now. You know, I'm about to close. That. I was like, all right, I got my checklist from how I did my first one. I got about 290 lines line items there and i just got to check it all off as as i do it so now
0: on that, that that's that cleaning tip was off the chain hey you get two four stars you're gone i, I love that now are you having to change cleaning companies or is that cleaner that let's or is that head cleaner like hey we got to put another cleaner on rotation for kent's unit so how does that work
2: uh they send two cleaners to my house just because this is a, such bigger big house mm-hmm. um but for the most part they try to keep it consistent to the same three pairs uh, that come to my house. So they try to be generally aware, but the head cleaner, she's kind of the client lead. She's the one that comes to my house all the time to do the QA. And she's the one I say, Hey, uh, something broke. So instead of me paying $40 for a handyman to go in there and fix it, can I ship this vanity mirror? Like I was telling you guys earlier to your office and you bring it to the house. So now I don't have to pay $40 for someone just to kind of like take a mirror and go replace it. It happens during a QA, which, Is another big value proposition for you if you're running your cleaning company. Like, hey, small things like that, I will now save you money as well because if we can stack it on the same day, it's efficient for me paying my my worker going out to the house to do the QA, and they can replace like a small little thing like a mirror or something like that that might have fallen broke.
0: No, okay. So you're the cleaning company is charging you three hundred dollars, right? Yeah. I'll say now 20. So how much? Now, now this is my question. Then, so how much are you charging the guest?
2: Uh, I charge them three thirty eight. Okay. Nice.
0: Okay. That's so so you are you can okay so you can kind of count that as a little bonus uh, income a little bit. Okay.
2: I mean to be honest with you guys, I started out I kept it at two ninety nine until I got the occupancy that I wanted, and then you can start playing with it. Like, hey, what the, what is the sort of tolerance of the groups that are coming um, to my house? And I can stretch it a little bit more and stretch a little bit more. And I got to three thirty eight, and I was like, i be pretty good about my booking. Uh, right now then my calendar is still getting booked and people aren't blinking at the 3:38. So I'm going to leave it at that. Cause that also gives me money to tip out my cleaners whenever they do a good job as well. So, mm. um, it, it's just, you don't try to like squeeze every dollar. I mean, you try to, but like, you don't have to try it as long as like the market tolerates it and you just gotta be responsive. Like when you get no bookings, cause your, your cleaning fee is like hundred dollars more than everybody else take that as a sign. Cause. That didn't that worked in my market That's not necessarily mean it working like a market like Houston.
3: Mm-hmm. Man,
0: that, that 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 I'm happy because me and my uh, my partner we we had a whole meeting this week. We we're like, man, how do we get good cleaners and incentivize them to be good? And the four star thing and then the twenty per five star. I think that's awesome as well because we were like, hey, well, let's tip them after X amount of five stars. But if it's five star every time and you get a tip, I think that's that's lovely.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and you got to make the job easy for them so I don't expect them to try to clean the cups every single time so I'm just trying to minimize the amount of problems that might happen in your house and I think that's something a lot of listeners just got to do and learn as they go because you'll quickly realize what works and what doesn't work I try to get really expensive towels and people start taking them home so maybe I should stop buying these $50 towels right like let's stop mm. don't spend so much money on these towels because <laughs> it's just going to cause you more headache um but it, it's like the give and take relationship what can you invest that will give you your guests the best experience and whenever problems happen make sure you take care of it right away yeah
1: that's what i was gonna ask i mean do people wander off with these expensive you know yeti cups and these towels that you're spending on they wander off with that stuff
2: so far no um okay. and i'm not sure it's because people overpack for these bachelorette parties um uh, maybe they get no space in the luggage i don't know man <laughs> um but i charge i charge the carry deposit to be honest with you guys and I just requested through Airbnb Resolution Center. Um, and I said, hey, if everything looks good, 48 hours after you check out, no damages, no no missing items, I'll give it all back to you. So I try to have sort of like a chaperone in the group. Like I have a security deposit, so maybe they will, if there's a logical voice in the room, like, hey, don't steal the cups, maybe. Like, I don't know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but <laughs> having someone keeping the group accountable in the group.
1: How, how big of a the security deposit do you put?
2: I charge 750.
1: Okay. Um, so, and well, we've talked about it with, on this show before. It's not a. It's not really a security deposit because Airbnb no. can choose to give him some money or not. You no, know, he's requesting
0: it from the resolution center. He gets it. it.
1: Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's
0: I'm like, yo, you that that is a good idea. to Request a seven. Yeah. Of course, they ain't running off with no Yeti cut of seven fifty on the line. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> here's how I explain it. Right. When I request a seven fifty. I tell them, hey, this is 750 security deposit. Um, This is very similar to a hold that the hotel puts on your credit card whenever you check into a hotel. So right then and there, you normalize security deposit that you're requesting from your clients because they're like, oh, yeah, whenever I go to the hotel and check in, they do put a hold on my credit card. Same concept. So that's how I do it. And no one has ever given me any issues about requesting the 750 deposit. Um, So it works. It works really well.
1: Okay, so they book, right? Right. They book. And they they you know that you talk to them. Thank you for booking all that stuff, all your automated stuff too. And they they their credit card goes through and they pay for their their stay for the weekend for I don't know, you yeah. know, two thousand, three thousand dollars, whatever it is. And then you on then you hit them with a the message, hey, I need you to send me seven hundred fifty dollar deposit.
2: I ask for it three to seven days before the check-in. So I don't do it right away. I do it. Right oh away. so that mimics the hotel experience that you guys are so familiar with. So I'm trying to normalize the security deposit as much as possible, so someone doesn't think I'm trying to take more money.
1: Yeah, so get, I was thinking, no one gets pissed off and says, "What are you? What are you asking for more money for? I already paid this shit." If no one gets pissed off,
2: no one, no, no one. Mm.
1: It's all in how you word it, like Michael says all the time. It's all you how word it. How, so, yeah. So how do you how do you word it to them again? I just want. I just. I'm gonna try this shit.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should. I mean, it's it's like your only. How to say it, it's like your only remedy
2: if um it's your only remedy if anything ever happens at the house right like that's within your control and you you have to have someone keeping the group accountable like you just need that sane voice when they're about to do some dumb stuff and like hey guys everyone chill out let's not like i don't know body slam someone into this this (laughs) table or something like that i don't know but you know you got (laughs) you just gotta do it um so I'm gonna to try to look up the exact wording for you, but basically it's along the lines of, hey, uh, we're so excited to welcome you to the house. Um, we're requesting the $750 security deposit per the listing description. This is very similar to a, the, ho- the hold that a hotel will put on your credit card whenever you check in. Uh, we, our intention is to always fully refund you 100% of the security deposit. Uh, within forty-eight hours of checking out, assuming no house rules have been broken, no damage to the property, uh, and no sort of like house rule violations and no issues, and so you you, you make it really clear about why you're asking for the stone fifty. You normalize it, and I I haven't had any pushback. Like okay,
1: okay, what happens when you get pushback? I mean, do you have a, a contingency plan if they say, saying, nah, well, I don't feel comfortable paying that? What are you gonna tell them? Why well, we're that, gonna that
2: could be a red flag for me? Like, why is this person refusing? Uh. Thing. at that point in time i would cancel the reservation to be honest with you like mm-hmm. i would rather have the house be empty than invite someone that's going to trash the house and that's a part the decision i cleared with my partners i told them every single time i would rather have the house empty than invite someone that's going to come in and cause problems because it's not worth the stress it's not worth pissing off your neighbors if they're going to have a big party at the house um it, that's yeah i don't have a really really good answer for you besides I won't let them into the house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because you got to have high standards, right? Like we talked about, got to have high standards. Otherwise you are inviting problems. You're losing that peace of mind. You're going to spend a weekend instead of playing with your daughter, you're going to spend a weekend looking at your ring security cameras, make sure they're not having a party.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, you, you don't <laughs> want to do that. It's not worth it. It's not why we got into this business.
0: That is true, man. You got to go high end. I love that, that security deposit. I'm going to start doing that. And I've heard people say they do it. Like, you know, hey, I just requested through the, you know, but that's 750. Yeah, that'll make somebody think twice, man. that don't, you know, somebody mm. got 750 on the line. So I, I'm going to leave. I might try it at 200 or something just to test it out. <laughs>
2: Why not? Why not? I mean, do it. Do it. That is like in commensurate or in proportion with like the bankly rates that you're charging. I think that mm-hmm. just makes so much sense. And it's not something that's so, I don't know, like out of the ordinary. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, like I ask for everyone's emails through StayFi at, the property so i can direct market to them afterwards Great. and they don't view that as weird it's like i go to the airport and i sign up for wi-fi and i usually get my email for it same thing for the security deposit i think it's very normalized behavior people used to travel to hotels all the time and i think they know what a security hold is.
0: now oh since you brought up stay um because i will use stay fi as well now with you having like make you're charging like $1,200 a night, right? Now, I know Airbnb has to be having a huge chunk on the guest side because they're charging 3% of that. Have you, do you have your own direct booking website?
2: No, not yet. And just another piece of advice for people, like you don't have to have everything set up right away. So yeah. I know where I am in my, in my path. I knew my first goal was to build up the Airbnb reviews first and just focus on that. My next step is going to be after I get the website up, uh, I mean, after I get my second listing up, I'm going to get the reviews on there, and then I'm going to set up the direct booking site so that I can refer all the girls that have been to my house to my new house so that if they have weddings, they can kind of get, get towards there. So my whole thought is just I'm going to specialize in bachelorette. I'm going to specialize in family-friendly ones so that when all the bachelors kind of grow up, they have kids, I can continue to market them to family-friendly Airbnbs mm-hmm. so that I can maximize the value I get from the customers throughout the entire life journey um, after I get kind of like building what we call an insurance, like a book of business, like they become part of your book of business.
1: I love it. You, love
2: it. You have to keep marketing back to them and giving them incentives, especially if they left your house in a good condition. Those are the people you want back in your house.
1: So, so you, so you like mailchimp them like every few months to remind them, hey, come, you know, come stay again, you know, get a discount and all that. Absolutely. So, do you do you have it like set up to send a message after three months, you know, hey, I hope you're like going great, you know, if you ever get in town again, you know, honeymoon time, come come hang out, and then like six months out or a year out, say, hey, um, is it still working out? You're gonna get divorced? You can have a divorce party over here. <laughs>
2: well, I'm telling you, that's all my plan. <laughs> I don't have I don't have that set up right now, and. It took me a long time guys. Like I was like, Oh man, I didn't do this yet. I didn't get a direct booking website yet. And it, I just had to remind myself like, dude, you're, you're still taking steps consistently every day. That's what matters the most. You've educated yourself, just take it easy and just take it slow and just make those incremental steps every day. So I don't have MailChimp set up. I've, continue capturing the emails i don't have my direct booking website set up but i'm going to and i know exactly what i'm going to do with it when the time comes um it's just about hey you have like a newborn at home and i think i'm trying to be a good dad good husband first and foremost and i know like this stuff takes a lot of time and i want to make sure i'm I'm there for my wife and my daughter because you only get to be a dad once so i'm i'm trying to really cherish that time with my family and i'm not trying to kill myself um, I really wanted to quit my W-2 job as soon as possible, but I know that if I stick it out longer, I can have more conventional loans up to my name. I can borrow more money, scale faster, and you know that's a decision I'm I've come to peace with. And I think you know everyone has their own way. Everyone might say, "Hey, you should quit now. You should quit now." Um, for me, I don't want to work on the weekends, so this nine-to-five thing works out well for me. I can continue to build income. I can scale my portfolio, and once get to the ten conventional loans. I, chances are uh, i'm gonna be on my way and i think i'm i'm gonna be in a really good position when i do that and i think i'm investing in a virtual assistant right now i'm gonna ha- she's gonna start on monday and i only have one listing guys but i'm hiring a virtual assistant because i'm trying to make sure all these small little tasks gets to the va so that she can handle all the messaging she can handle like these issues when the hot water heaters. like I just, i'm gonna spend the time to develop her so that i can invest everything back to the business so i can scale a lot faster
1: this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful in so many ways, because because you, you just now dropped another gym, he's hiring a, a virtual assistant right now with one fucking unit because and, and I'll tell you from right now, we scaled like crazy this past year. We have over 40 units, right? And now we're hiring um, Airbnb virtual assistants, right? Yeah. And it's. Fed is going crazy, trying to empty everything from his brain for all forty units, and to teach him all this shit. But if you have one from the beginning, from unit one, and then you get unit two and unit three, she's going to grow with your company. That's fucking beautiful. Whoa. It's awesome. And it's awesome. <laughs> I, 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 and something so feels so good about being able to provide a
2: job opportunity for someone overseas. You know, um, you know, she, I, the person I'm hiring is a single mom, and I got having raised a kid for just three months, I'm like, yo, I got so much respect for single moms out there. It's hard. Mm. (laughs) Um, So I I look for grit first and foremost. I look for like high charisma um, from my VA because they're going to have to answer calls from my guests. And, you know, I'm going to have to coach her like, hey, when you answer the phone, pretend you're my wife so that like if, they, if any issues you can just kind of tell me and like, I, I can kind of call them out. It was like, Hey, my wife told you, so they don't think it's like a virtual assistant or something like that. Mm. Good tip. Man. Good tip.
0: Yeah, you you're you're a mindset guy. I love your mindset. You're not gonna take on too much. You're like, hey, this is where I am, and you do everything you're very calculated, man. I I love your mindset, and you uh, you even said you hired a virtual assistant right now. What's your basic? Like, I know in two or three years you're gonna blow up off this because basically what you're doing is just loading up. You're not shooting. You're just loading up. So then by the time you got your VA. You can just scale that thing all the way up. Now I know how to hire another VA and what they need to do, man. You, you're about to kill them in like two or three years, bro. That's and, and yeah,
1: your VA can train the next VA. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I'm telling everyone to be patient
2: because everyone wants to quit so fast. And I really had to have the mindset, like, why do I really want to quit? Like, wh- what am I want to do? I thought about like, hey, maybe I become a real estate agent so that I can specialize in short-term rentals or something like that, right? Because I'm killing it. But I was like, do I really want to spend a weekend like showing houses? instead of playing with my daughter. And I don't know, this quote came to me like, like an offshoot from a advice. I got from, um, from a mentor is I thought of this to myself, like you can have it all. If you just realize you already have it all. And I think mm-hmm. that is like so good that I taught myself that I was like, you can have it all. Just remember it, You already have it all. And I was just looking at my daughter earlier and just playing with her. And I was like, wow, this VA is going to cost me $5 an hour. If I didn't have that VA, like, I wouldn't be doing this with my daughter. Like, I would give up $5 there, $5 for this hour any day. Um, so, I want to live my life with no regrets. I know I'm spending a lot of money on a VA already when I have just one listing. Um, but that's why I'm staying in my corporate job so that I can keep investing back into it so that I can make like 50 bucks in my corporate job. I give $5 an hour to the VA to handle some of this stuff. And in turn, I get to spend more time with my daughter. And that is so good. That feels so good, man.
1: I feel exactly. good. Man. Prices right me. there.
0: I know, man. It took me years to get off my corporate job after doing this. So, and the reason, and that's why I say, like, you're right, be patient. It took me four years. And yeah, like this whole time I've been off, my daughter was just born. I can spend time with her in my office. I can have her in my office with me while I'm working. You can't beat that. You can't beat it. So yeah, just be patient, man. You're going to crush it.
2: Hey, what helped you finally make the leap to, to put your job? Like, was there a number you had to hit? How did you decide to do that?
0: Well, I had already hit the number. Mm. Um, The thing that was keeping me on my job was fear. It was truly fear of leaving. Okay. How do I get health insurance? How do I, uh, how am I going to get loans? So basically what I did was um, so basically I'll tell you the backstory. So basically I I got sick. Um, I went to the hospital I had caught um, pneumonia and I stayed in the house in the hospital and I was just sitting there in the hospital and you know, it's COVID season. So your family can't be there with you. You're by yourself. You know, they, they're not allowed to be there. And my wife was seven months pregnant. So I'm like, okay, I can't, life's too short. I'm like, I can't sit here and just sleep doing this working every day. Then I have to go try to help with the business. So I was like, I, in my hospital, I just wrote down all my fears of like, why don't, why don't, why don't you quit? You know? And I just wrote it down. that I wrote the answer to the fear. And then two weeks later, I put my two weeks in on my job and it was just like, it's fear. You Write out your fears and write the answer to the fears. That was it for me.
2: I think you're right. I think sometimes I try to cover it up with just saying, hey, this is why I want to mess everything back. But fear is definitely in me, man. It's like, it's built into all of us. Um, I think doing this real estate investment has proven to me like, I need to keep reaffirming my, my identity. It's like, hey, I used to be an EMT. People used to call 911 to get me coming through the doors. And I was like 19 years old when that happened. And I just had to keep affirming, like, hey, I left corporate before. I went to run a restaurant, turn it around where they were losing so much money. And then now I'm back in corporate. I was like, oh, I can always go back to corporate. And I think that's like trying me to self-affirm and get my identity right. Um, so yeah, I definitely still have the fear in me for sure. Uh, but I think I'm gonna take your advice and write down all my fears.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I keep it on my whiteboard. So whenever I walk in my office, I see my fears and I see the solution to them. So, and I do it even when I get anxious. Like if I get anxiety about something like, for example, I'm working on this deal in Arlington and the numbers didn't work out for me. Right. So I'm like, "Eh," and then I got into the deal and I'm like, I could walk away and lose 7,500. I'm like, well, how do I make this thing work? what what am i fearful of right now and i wrote it out and i'm like okay so i called my i called one of my real estate friends and he gave me advice on what he could do then i called I even called steve i'm like hey i got this if you want to do it and you know so it's about using using the world around you you usually have everything you need in front of you it's just when you're full of fear and you're anxious you forget what's around you so yeah man in writing out those fears man that that is powerful powerful i love that man
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a, it, you know, real quick, you know, we need to wrap up on time. But um, at work, there's there's people that are like, you know, they, they kind of know that I have these rentals and the Airbnbs and stuff like that. And a lot of people are like, why are you still here? Why are you still here? You know? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm planning my exit. Don't worry. And then there's some people like, wow, well, how can you leave? What about what about, you know, security and like health insurance and stuff like that? And today someone asked me that and I was like, well, well OK, what, what, it's a line expense. What is what is health insurance? Mm-hmm as I well here at work, we pay 500 bucks a month. You know, how much is it out in the real world? Is it ten thousand a month? And he's like, uh, well, something compared to what we get about a thousand a month. I said, Mm -hmm. that's one. That's one rental property. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm if I'm not working, I can get more rental properties. Right. I can get a few a month. Otherwise, I'm at work, and then I have to do it after work, and then I like you said, sacrificing time with the family, you know. Yeah. And then I'll just be working. It's like two jobs. I'm like, why can't I just? I mean, if I quit here, I'll. If that health insurance, and that health insurance keeps these guys at work to like seventy, man, mm-hmm. eighty, mm-hmm. almost ninety years old. These guys are so freaking terrified of losing their health insurance through work. And and the only difference between paying for it from your paycheck and mm-hmm. paying for it outside is five hundred bucks. You're you're sacrificing your whole life for five hundred bucks. Yeah. I don't know you just got to look at things differently it's all mindset there you
0: go i love it that's mindset man it's mindset
2: I, I love that i love you are able to attach a number to that fear because i think that's like so important and i think uh, you know i'm starting to talk to some co-workers at work and some advice i've been giving people is like hey if you do want to invest in short-term rental be really careful about who you share this this thought and this news to you. because i can guarantee you if you don't start in short-term rentals or real estate investment. It's probably because you're putting yourself into an environment that everyone is telling you that it's not gonna succeed or you're crazy. And that is toxic. So you have to be really careful about who you tell your aspirations to because not everyone has the same mindset. Not everyone is going to want to invest in real estate and not everyone's comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> like some of the things I tell people is like, hey, look, you want to start doing this maybe start getting uncomfortable like i read this book called wim hof method i'm trying to improve myself i'm not sure you heard of the wim hof ice man but this guy takes like ice bath all the time right mm. and one of his first thing that he recommends is like just take a shower take a cold shower at the end of a hot shower turn to cold for about 15 seconds or 30 seconds and that's how i first started training my mind to be comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. and every like Week that went by, I added 15 seconds um, to it. So at the end of my hot shower, 30 seconds this week, next week I'll do 45 seconds and I kept adding and adding. And then like on a day I closed my deal, I was nauseous, dude. I was like, oh my God, I'm about to do this deal. Um, I went into like three minutes uh, at the end of it. And I was like, okay, all right. I got, um, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. And I don't know, like just start training your habits on like, how do you become uncomfortable? The cold shower worked for me think another thing is like just being decisive uh i heard about this on a podcast if your wife and you can't decide what it's on dinner and then you decide two places just pick two places get get food from both of the places and right then and there that rap oh my god that's gonna train you to become a millionaire easily because now you're repping yourself into becoming decisive and i was like oh my god that's like i felt so good uh and it, and now every day when i talk to my wife I'm like hey look millionaires are decisive just just pick just decide just pick just decide mm. and- and it's just like trains your mindset to become more decisive uh, over time. And what was um, it was Wim Hof method. That's the ice, that's the Iceman man guy. Um, but I'm pretty sure I heard about like the four traits of a millionaire from like a bigger pockets podcast at some point. So I think two, one, two of the traits were like being decisive. And the one was about having momentum. So that's why I asked all your readers today. I mean, your listeners today, when you listen to this podcast, go home right now, go look up, an address on a pod, I mean, on price labs, pay the $10 and instantly you would have built your knowledge. Like, okay, I know this much about this market. Now I am now more equipped for a short-term rental investing career. I'm going to take a 15 second cold shower to end on my shower today. And now I'm comfortable being uncomfortable and man, just taking these small steps would get you ready for so much more stuff. I think going forward.
1: Awesome.
0: Man, man. This is the best podcast we've <laughs> had in a long time, man. This is good. I love this. This was a good podcast, dude.
1: I, I, I got I got a nickname for him. It's Kent He, the Hippie Assassin. Because he, <laughs> he'll say some assassin-ass shit, and then he'll go back to, oh, yeah, but I want to save the children and stuff. And it's <laughs> like, so he's the to Kent He, the Hippie Assassin. So, yeah, man, thank you for hopping on. Yeah, Kent.
0: thank you, Kent, man. This is awesome, man.
1: Hey, I really appreciate you guys. Like, I-, I love being able to surround
2: myself with people. Like you guys are in real estate that has the abundance mindset. And, you know, I told my wife last year, I was like, Hey, maybe I'll get on a podcast. And you guys just came out of the blue. Like, I was like, how did this manifest? I was like, I'm to get on a podcast. And you guys invited me. And I was like, Tina, like, they invited me. I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> so thank that you is... guys for this opportunity. I, I really do um, appreciate it. I had a great time talking with all you guys. And um thank you for giving this opportunity.
1: Where's, where where can people find you?
2: Yeah, they can find me on Instagram at who you're with. That's Y-O-U-R-E. Um, we chose this name because it was the model that we grew up with. You know, we didn't grow up with a lot of money, so we always remind ourselves that it's not about where you're at, it's about who you're with at the end mm. of the day. And I just wanted to just carry this model forward and now. It's on one of our walls in our Airbnb, and it's just, like, mind-blowing. It's like we get to provide a home where people come together and cherish, like, their relationship that they make in life. Because you can't take money to the grave, but you can take the relationships and all their memories with you. And mm. I think that's so important for everyone to remember. Just so much hate, so much divisiveness over the last couple of years. Just get people back to, like, chilling with each other and just, like, mm. just remembering what, what matters most. I think that's what's most important.
1: Hey, man, the hippie Assassin. Right. Hey, thank you guys. You, you I, should, you should, you should do the ad. At, you should, you should get that at the hippie assassin. Boom, there you go. Man,
0: thank you for coming on Kent. man. This has been awesome, man. And uh, yeah, I think I'll see you Tuesday on the next call. We'll have to listen.
2: Hey, thanks guys. Have a great night.
0: You too, man. Bye. Bye. Peace out. Dude, that, that was a good, that was a good show, man. I haven't had that. He was dropping some gems, not only about the cleaning, the mindset. I love this show. That that was a, that was a good one. That was a good show, man. It was a
1: great show. Great show. And, and it, it just, oh man, when we talk to someone like that, it just, it kind of make, you know, refreshes, refreshes us, Mm -hmm. you know, because we get bogged down in the day to day and, you know, handling putting out fires and trying to scale and doing all kinds of craziness. And then, but that, I mean, but he, the way he like, he's meticulous about things, right? Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. I mean, he he could like say, "Oh shit, I just get you know, I just try to get four or five or six or you know seven houses right now." No, you do, do this one, do this one right. Get my VA in place, okay? Then we're gonna get my my partners in place. And then we're gonna get the next one, and then we're gonna get everything settled before problems occur so we can have it all ready to roll and it's just like oh man just the meticulousness of it i love that and then um and then he wants to give back that's the thing you know he's yeah. like, do that's his why there that's his go. why he Wants to make a better world for his <laughs> daughter for all of our daughters and and, sons real? and everything you know and so yeah the hippie assassin
0: yeah man that, that was a good episode dude i'm, I'm definitely i'm pumped about that one oh that's what i'm about to brag about i was like man i just ta- i told ta- text my master my girl like bro y'all gotta wait till y'all hear this next episode dude this dude's dropping gym, so yeah, yeah. That was i moved
1: good- i moved the mouse about 10 times to make sure we were recording because i was gonna be so <laughs> upset yeah because this one was <laughs>
0: too good,
3: <This> one was <laughs> too good. okay
1: like, oh. still, i see the red button blinking still so we're recording <laughs> yeah,
0: but yeah, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for uh, continuing to listen to us, man. And hope y'all are inspired by that. If you haven't, you should be able to take action after listening to that. He only has one, and he's making 18 grand a month. So y'all should be able to take action after that. And uh, yeah, remember, you can find us at liveletthrive.com. Email us liveletthrive at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, and you want Steve's management, Argus Rentals? I'll let Steve pitch it out to you.
1: ArgusRentals.com your one-stop shop for uh, managing your Airbnbs. <laughs> you know, you're learning from our show and stuff like that. Hit us up and we always give free advice. You know, you don't have to sign with us, but whatever. We just love to give a free advice. We love to talk to people. Our fans, we love to talk to our fans. You know, fans shout out to us all the time. We talk to them and, and give them advice. And, and it's just something we love to do. So, yeah. So, ArgestRentals.com. A-R-G-E-S-T-R-E-N-T-A-L-S. Argest is the largest. Let's go. <laughs> All right, and we are
2: out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye bye.